Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're really glad that you're here today, and we would love it if you would leave a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast as they search for student ministry content. It also lets us know what you think so that we can continually get better, which we want to do. So let us know what you think. Rating and review, words and stars are awesome. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, here in the studio today, as always, with the one, the only, right back from camp, producer Nathan. That's right. Fresh off a plane. Fresh uh, off a plane. I forgot how bad that last night in Nashville when I landed about 1030 walking out of the airport, that humidity hit me. So from Santa Fe, New Mexico, there's not much humidity, but it is warm to the, the hot Nashville. I felt like I was swimming, walking around. You missed a couple of really hot days here and uh, there, there are going to be more. So for the next 10 days, keep in mind, it's already been 100 for two days in a row. Mm hmm. Then we got 99 today, 96, a brief reprieve, 87, 89, and then 97, 101, 104, 100, 100, 101 for the next Oof. 10 days. And add the humidity in that. So the heat index gets up to like 105, 107. Whew, it's warm. It's ridiculous, man. So welcome home. Thank you. Uh, we're, we're glad you're here. Also flying in during uh, CMA, the, the CMA couple of weeks. So I'm sure that was an enjoyable. Oh, yeah. The airport was <laughs> extra busy last night. Now, now it all makes sense. I was like, what is going on here? Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, our guest today, I'm super excited about this. Uh, we connected a while back and have finally made it to, to work for our guest to be on the show today. Uh, somebody who this summer will probably not see 104. On the temperature scale, <laughs> I want to introduce you guys to Mike McGarry. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Oh man, thank you for having me, and I am—I will happily stay in New England. <laughs> I you, bet you're, so. you're not—you're not selling Southern living to this no. uh, cold-blooded Bostonian. Well, man, I mean, and this is like really abnormal for June. I don't remember a time when <laughs> it, is, it has been this many days in a row. Well, uh, let me introduce you to Mike. Uh, Mike is the youth pastor at South Shore Baptist Church in Hingham, Massachusetts, uh, right outside the Boston area, I'm guessing. Yep, about 20 um, minutes south. Perfect. Served in full-time youth ministry since 2005. Married to Tracy, a public school educator, and is now youth pastor dad to one of their kids, which we could get into a little bit. Anytime you, one of your students yeah. makes it into the youth ministry, that's a big deal. Yeah. Right, Next so, year, I'll have both of them. That's so, so great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I love it. We'll we'll dive into that. Uh, he's earned his doctor of ministry in ministry to emerging generations from Gordon Conwell. Mike is a contributor to gospel-centered youth ministry. He's the author of a biblical theology of youth ministry, and most recently, lead them to Jesus: a handbook for youth workers. So we want to get into some of that uh, first. Though, let's jump straight from letting people know a little bit about who you are uh, to that students that are yours, yeah. like yeah. your teenagers in the yeah, youth ministry. Crazy. What's the biggest thing that you noticed uh, when that first one came into the group? Oh, man. So, well, it's interesting because I was at my previous church for about 14 years, and then um, that youth group started a, in seventh grade, and then I uh, transitioned to my current church when my son was going into sixth grade and this ministry starts in with middle school in sixth grade. So if I was still at my last church, I wouldn't have had. So it was an interesting shift starting at a new church with my son 
newly coming into youth group, and I don't know which one it was more than the other, being new um, as a almost 40-year-old at that time with a kid coming into youth group, or if it was just me having a kid in the youth group. But my credibility with parents went through the roof of being able to have trust and just honest conversations with the parents. Hey, you know what? Your your kid is being a turd and they're being really (laughs) obnoxious um, and they're being disrespectful and they need to knock it off. And just being able to have those conversations and say it that actual way to parents and have them not try to fire me. that was rev- always yeah. a plus. Partnering with parents has been revolutionary as a 40 something year old youth pastor with kids in the ministry. Yeah, man, there's something to be said for that instant credibility that you do get because I've experienced the same thing. Yep. When you have those teenagers, it is an, an instant level of credit earned or not, right? Like it is just <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is just there. And yeah. so uh, there's certainly something to be said for hanging in there until as a youth pastor, at least until you can experience having yeah. your own kid in the ministry. Yeah. Um, I also have a designated focus group giving very honest feedback on how youth group went each week on the car ride home. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Your own kids are the focus group. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, Mike, I want you to talk a little bit because um, we kind of gave the bio things, right, of the books you're involved in and kind of yeah. ministry history a little bit. But I want you to talk a little bit about um, what you guys are doing over at Youth Pastor Theologian as well, because I know that mm. that's something that's on your heart and part of your uh, yep. oh, ethos of ministry, really. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, let us let us know what's going on over there. Yeah, so uh, Youth Pastor Theologian is uh, just over a year old now, actually. Yeah, it's just a, a site that I started um, to try to help uh, newer youth workers practice theology in youth ministry. And it's just one of my driving burdens and, and callings, I think, uh, as I continue to minister to students myself, is to just come alongside younger youth pastors, maybe um you know, they haven't been able to go get formal education and formal training, and they want to be just thoughtful, deliberate about how they're making disciples, about how they're building the infrastructure, the bones of the ministry, and not just continuing um, what they experienced as a, a teenager, uh, but to really be deliberate about how are we ministering to students. And so I want to come alongside those uh, those youth workers, but also I think a lot of I think a lot of youth pastors who've gone to seminary um, try to take what they learned in Greek and Hebrew class and in biblical studies and systematic theology. You know, it's like, and you take that to the youth room and it just doesn't translate. And it can take mm-hmm. a long time to figure out how do I, um, how do I translate what I'm learning in seminary uh, and in Bible college? How do I translate that to the youth room? Yeah, And so I, I think there's a tendency for some to just say, well, it doesn't work. So I, I'm just going to shove that to the sidelines and just do youth ministry. Yeah. And I don't think that's right. But I also don't think it's right just to, um, to teach theology the way that you were taught theology and then blame the students for being hard hearted. 
Um, <laughs> like uh, I am right. now Isaiah, you know, these people always hearing, but never believing. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think we've heard people make those claims. Like they're just so hard hearted. It's like, no, like maybe you're just not a good teacher. Like yeah. <laughs> maybe you don't understand the theology as well as you think you do. Cause you can't yeah. explain it simply. Hmm, that's a so. good word. I would love to camp out right there because I think, I think one of the major criticisms and having been somebody who had a theological approach to youth ministry myself yeah. and and injected those things into the ministry did it i think well in some areas and yeah. and and poorly in others and learned along the way how would you say cuz you use the word deliberate and yeah. it, this kind of approach of hey this is not just a copy paste from what you did in seminary to to, teen- to teenagers right how would you approach how would you advise someone doing this saying okay theology is important we've got to teach it to our students you use the word bones earlier to give them the skeletal mm-hmm. structure of yeah. their faith yeah how do we do it in a way they understand it um i think it starts with you understanding it <laughs> you know like do you really understand um do you really understand the stuff that you're trying to teach? Um, and I, I think I, I remember when I was a kid in elementary school, this really silly lesson that the teacher had us do. And he broke us into two groups. And one group had to give a presentation about um, how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And they had to uh, explain how to make a PB and J sandwich as if it's the most complicated thing in the world. And the other group had to give a presentation about how to make a PB&J sandwich as if it's the easiest thing in the world. Um, you know, and so I have, there are some people who are really smart, um, who are good at making simple things complicated and showing you how complicated things are. Yeah. And then um, those are the people who usually get held up as like, wow, they are so intelligent and wise. And it's like, Maybe they're really smart, but that's, I don't know if that's wisdom. Yeah. They um, become professors in many cases. <laughs> a, a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think youth pastors are, I, uh, my vision at least is for youth pastor theologians to be that second type of smart who can take something that's complicated. Not that p- making a PB&J sandwich is complicated, but who, who can take something that's complicated and show you how simple it is. Yeah. And I think simple smart is is really overlooked and neglected. And Mm. if I can't explain something to a middle schooler whose ADHD meds have worn off, then I probably don't understand it as well as I think I do. And I think that's a good word. Like that's just the reality of serving in youth ministry. And so um, I I think about uh, these questions that that people ask so often of you know how long do I teach and what do I teach to who when and, and I just think just fill their cup you know like if if that kid's cup is a is a, a thimble then fill the thimble and mm. stop pouring um, and if their if their cup is a Dixie cup or um, a, a large stein right like just fill their cup. Know your sheep, know your students well enough to know where are they, um, what can they handle. And your ministry as a youth pastor is to fill their cup with the word of God and to to preach the gospel, to apply the gospel, um, 
whether or not their cup is a thimble or if it's a gallon jug. Yeah. Um, fill just just fill their cup and yeah. let the Lord grow the size of their cup over the course of your ministry to them. I love that analogy. Also love the use of the word Stein. And so I'm going to use that instead of gallon jug. I think that is an appropriate. Uh, I did. Appropriate I did shift term. the metaphor partway through. This is a, uh, ba- we're, we're all Southern Baptists here. I, uh, that's amazing. So I want to tackle this from a couple different angles because you, uh, you mentioned a few things I want to dive into. One, uh, is a question that, that came into my mind as you were talking there about the simplicity of it and being yeah. simple, smart. Yeah. And I like the way you phrase that. And so what would you say to somebody who says, man, I've tried to teach theology. I've tried to get that into my ministry, but yeah. I just keep it. It seems like they're bored. The students keep telling me it's bored or parents give me feedback that it's mm-hmm. boring. What would you say? Like, is that a sign of maybe it's not simple enough or something else. Uh, there's so many ways to respond to that, right? Um, I think on one level, I, w- I would say, well, what's your objective? Mm. Um, is your objective entertainment or um, discipleship or evangelism, d- depending on what the event is that you're teaching at? Um, I-, I don't think that we should seek to be anti-entertainment um but having kids be yeah i don't know i don't want to run down that trail because that's just such an easy um horse to beat right yeah Um, but i think what even in what you just said though i think it's like what's the objective yeah because it's sometimes i think in people's minds they build two camps of people they build man this is your theological crowd and this is your entertainment crowd yeah. But what I just heard you say is like, no, we don't want to be anti-entertainment. No. We just want the objective to be different than entertainment in itself. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there there is that of just really taking an honest look of, you know, is there another way that you could be teaching it to make it understandable? Um, are you are you trying to pour too much into their cup? Mm. Um, do you want their cup to be a different size than it actually is? And so you're teaching to what you want it to be rather than what it is. Um, but then at the same time, I'd say, well, maybe just switch it up. Um, I, I read an article years ago, um, by Andy Root, uh, where he talked about the difference between, um, teaching theology and teaching theologically Mm. and, I don't even remember where that where I read the article or anything, and I've thought I've tried to find it a few times here and there. Um, but there's a difference between teaching theology and teaching theologically. And what I am advocating through youth pastor theologian is not necessarily for youth pastors to get up and say, "All right, here is our second discourse." on the persons of the Trinity um, <laughs> right. and the Chalcedonian creed of, you know, like that's not, that's not the vision, right? It, it's yeah. let's teach theologically. And when we're talking about Christmas time, um, do we talk about the, the hypostatic union um, or do we say like Christ is fully man and he is fully God. He is not Hercules who is, you know, 
um, God, but not, you know, he's like half God, half man. Um, he's not just God in the shape of a man, but he's not really human. He's not just a really good teacher who's a human with the words of God. Like he's not any of those, like there, there's a way to teach the persons of Christ, uh, or the persons of the Trinity, uh, the divinity of Christ, the meaning of the incarnation so that you're actually teaching the hypostatic union to students at Christmas time. Uh, because you know the doctrinal foundations and you're helping them to see why does this matter? Why should they care? Um, and I always try to, well, not always, because I'm, I'm a failure sometimes, right? But like, I, I try to take a, the Tim Keller approach of just looking at, at students and, and really listening to my students and saying, how can I introduce this teaching that other people think that students might not care about? And how can I present this to them with a hook and an intro that shows them that they already care about this thing that we're talking about? This is already a question that they're asking. This is already something that they're desiring and that they're hungering for. And this is how um, God's word and sound theology are grounding students in the hope of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Um and it requires, I think, time and practice. And frankly, I think it it requires your own failure in stumbling around learning how to do that well, um, yeah. and, which will mean your youth leaders need to be patient with you. You need to be patient with yourself. Your the parents uh, need the, the church leadership. It, it takes it takes time to to navigate and to learn. Um, how do I? How do I do this well so that I'm not just a theology professor in the youth room, but I'm also not just um, kind of a clown who makes theology jokes on occasion and then calls that ministry? Man, so to continue with the analogy of the cups, uh, there are a couple of different teaching environments. When you're standing up in front of your whole student ministry, yeah. there are a lot of different size cups in the room. That yeah. are hearing that are hearing the message. Yep. So, kind of a two part question here is: in that environment, what's your aim when there are a lot of different sized cups? And then, I guess the the second question would be: in a smaller group environment, yeah. where a, a leader is with yep. a smaller group of students, relationships, and probably knows the size of the cup of those students. How do you train those leaders to teach theologically who have obviously many of them have not been to any kind of theological training at all? Right. Yeah. Good questions. Um, I think for the first one, when you're teaching the whole group, hopefully as the the lead youth worker, you know the, the cups in the room, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and so, I mean, obviously you can't just pick one and say, good luck to everyone else, yeah. figure it out. Uh, Cause we don't have that. We don't have that privilege. Um, but what you can do is to be sensitive about it so that you're teaching in a way that those who are simpler and who are less mature, less developed can still understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. 
and that you're making clear, I guess you have spouts during different port parts of your message that mm. are pouring into this cup and pouring into that cup and pouring into that other one. Um, so that you're, you're pouring a few times and making a clear application or, um, you might be thinking this right now, um, type of, yeah. uh, comments dur during your message. Um, and, and I think that's, it's possible to do that. I mean, mo honestly, most of the time in youth group, um, you know, I, I think I very rarely teach longer than 20 minutes in youth group. Um, so it's usually 12 to, to 20 minutes, depending on <laughs> how, how time is working out because we have, we have small group time right after the yeah. message. And so well, now, I see, don't feel the need to have, to give them everything yeah, because I've prepared discussion questions that my small group leaders are then going to lead them through afterwards. So right now, Mike, people are listening to this and they're, they're going to say, hold on. This is like the theology guy and he's yeah. teaching between 12 and 20 minutes. Yeah. What's the, because you know, that crowd's out there, right? Like uh, you've probably I, run into I them. I am aware. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I just, I want to draw attention to again, your phrase of simple smart. Yeah. And it doesn't have, I want to reinforce this because I think this is an important thing. I think there have been times in my personal past where I have this, I mentioned earlier, some things I did well, some things I did poorly and learned from. This is one that I think early on in my pursuit of this, I did poorly yeah. and learned from. Yep. And that's speaking Same. a long time. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah. No. Um, uh, yeah, there, there was definitely a season when I taught, you know, 30, I said it was 30 minutes, but it was realistically probably more like 40, right? Because that's how <laughs> teaching times go. You, you round to what you want, what you think people want it to be. Yeah. Um, the nearest so, 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, th there have definitely been times when I taught longer and I mean, there are still times when sometimes you're teaching and you're reading the room and you know that you got them yeah. and they are, they are with you. And so, um, you know, I'm not saying at 20 minutes, I have a timer that goes off. Nope. Sorry, Mike, go sit down. That's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, teaching is a fluid thing, you know? Um, but the more you teach, the more you're able to learn how, how to teach well. Um, and to just let God's word, do the work mm. um, and to not be super impressive, um, to not be filling your message with so many stories and illustrations um, that you're, you're telling stories longer than you're actually unpacking God's word. Because um, stories are really entertaining. Yeah, and if you want, if you feel the need to keep kids' attention, one of the best ways to do that is to make half your lesson a story or an object lesson. Yeah, but I just personally, I think that's a misuse and a misappropriation of of the time that you have. You have limited time. Mm -hmm. um, give them, give them God's word, not just your advice or your life coaching. Um, they need to hear from the Lord. Do that well and get out of the way. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't take a ton of time. Yeah.
That's right. Well, I want to get back to uh, the second part of that question on the training of leaders, because in that small group environment where the leader has a direct relationship and can yeah. probably better address yep. where each person is in their maturity and tailor the teaching a little bit more than in a large group mm -hmm. setting. How do you train your leaders to teach theologically so that you're not the only one doing this in your, in your environment, but yeah, for it to be in the culture, everybody's got to be doing it to some level. So how do you right. train that? Yeah. So one of the things that we do uh, is we actually have a leaders meeting every week before youth group. So youth group starts at six 30. Uh, we have a leaders meeting at six o'clock every week. And, um, you know, some of them never come. Uh, some of them are there every week before before I am, uh, and some stroll in halfway through. Uh, that's just reality, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we do this every week, and um, I go through here the announcements of what's happening. Uh, any questions about what's happening on the calendar? All right, now here's a, um, you know, three to five minute summary of the message. That, that I'm giving tonight. Here are the discussion questions. I, I usually send them the discussion questions uh, the day before. They've been asking me to send them the discussion questions a few days before. And I keep telling them that I will, the reality of, of things, it would be great to send them a paragraph or two summary with discussion questions a week ahead of time. Um, so that's what I would recommend. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't been good at actually doing that. So that way they're coming into small group, um, kind of equipped and, and ready. And they already know kind of gen in general what I'm going to say. And they have some discussion questions already in hand. I've already been thinking it through. Um, I think this volunteer equipping question is also, um, honestly, I don't want to be too sales pitchy. It's why I wrote uh, my last book. Uh, lead them to Jesus. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a book that's written for volunteer youth workers. And the first half of the book is uh, looking at 20, uh, at a number of questions that students ask that are theologically driven questions. The students ask and equipping youth workers uh, who are just volunteers. They love Jesus, but they, they don't have any formal education yeah. on theology or doctrine or, or whatever. Um, how can we help them know how to respond? And then the back half of the book is focused on just practical skills that I think every every youth pastor wants their volunteers to grow in competency in. And how do we um, how do we lead a gospel centered youth ministry? Hmm. Uh, because you can use that gospel centered phrase. And someone else can use the gospel center phrase. And what you mean by it are two very different things. Yeah. So you think you're on the same page. And then afterwards, you're like, whoa, that, that, that's not what <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's not what I had in mind. Um, so it, it yeah. So I, I've been trying to to find ways to talk through different chapters at a time, because each chapter is basically a blog post that they're very okay. short. So because well, youth leaders aren't going to read yeah. much more than a blog post. Yeah. Not salesy at all, man. Don't yeah. worry about that. Cause I wanted to ask you about the book again. If you missed it the first time around, it's called lead them to Jesus, a handbook for youth workers. So it's something student pastors that you can get 
copies of work through it with your youth workers, do some training sessions on it. Like Mike mentioned, very short, digestible chapters, common questions that students ask, and then some, uh, some skills development stuff. It's a great season to buy lots of copies (laughs) to give to all of your youth leaders to read, to study, to memorize, have some sword drills with the book. Um, I love the idea of doing a sword drill with it. Sword drills with it. Uh, but do check that out. Um, and you can also, uh, check out youth pastor theologian just as another, uh, side mention here, since we're mentioning the things that Mike is leading and involved in. So youth pastor theologian on line, Mike. So I want to, we've kind of gone through several things here, but I want to come back and in our closing moments of the podcast, uh, I want to just hit why this is important. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about some of the tactical things. Some of the uh, the cup illustration has been very, very helpful and simple, smart. But let's kind of backtrack for just a minute and say, like, why is it important that students yeah. get a grasp of theology during these years of, of life? Yeah. Why would we not <laughs> give them theology? You know, I mean, what are we do? What in the world are we doing if we don't introduce them to God? Right? I mean, isn't that really the the core of what student ministry is all about? Is we want we want to introduce students to God. Who is He? That's a theological question. Um, what's wrong with the world? Right. That's a theological yeah. question. Is there any hope? In this world, that's a theological question, right? And so on. Um, I mean, again, it, it's not. Hey, let's all become systematic theologians and read um, Bavink <laughs> in youth group this year for our youth group lessons. Um, it's, uh, and I, I even want to be cautious and just clarify. We want to teach the Bible, not yes. theology, right? Right. I mean, theology that's not anchored in and flowing out from the Bible is not Christian theology. So, I mean, we want to teach the Bible. Um, You cannot do that without teaching theology unless you cut God out of your Bible and you're just teaching humanism and life coaching moral lessons based off of what the Bible says that we should be doing. And we just want to make kids nice people, right? Like, I don't think that's what any of of the listeners to this podcast are trying to do. So if we're trying to introduce students to God, uh, well, who is he? And, and I, I mean, one of the, my uh, hobby horses that I, one of the drums I just keep banging over and over and over again, as my most obvious example here, it has to do with the Trinity. And um, I mean, the Trinity is at the, at the heart of who, who God is, It's at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. I mean, everything in Christianity really comes back to the Trinity. And when was the last time we ever talked about the Trinity with the students in our ministries? You know, are, are we discipling student leaders even uh, who are leading and serving in our church and we write them recommendation letters uh, for college and, and this and that, whatever, and they might not be Trinitarians. If if you don't believe in the Trinity, I'm sorry, you're not a Christian. 
and yet we don't talk about the Trinity because it's complicated. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, then are you, can you say that you're introducing them to God if you're not introducing them to the triune God? Hmm. That's a theological issue that is at the heart of the Great Commission. And so we we desperately need theology, not because we're trying to get big heads or be fancy or whatever, just because we're trying to introduce students to God. Yeah. Um, and we need to understand who he is for that. Yeah. Man, I love that because I think people that uh, that push back against this idea draw a dividing line between like, well, I can introduce them to God. Theology is a, is a subject in school. Mm -hmm. And there's a dividing line there for them. But what I love is that your case is no, we can use, they're one and the same. Yeah. It's introducing someone to God. You can't do that apart from theological questions that are being, that are being right. asked. And answered. absolutely. Well, Mike, uh, I want to mention one more time, uh, youth pastor theologian. That's a way that you can connect with Mike and some of the work that he's doing around this. Uh, Mike, why don't you give your social media? I know you're also active there. People can engage with yep. you there. Yeah. I find youth pastor theologian on uh, the socials at youth theologian because youth pastor theologian is way too long for a handle. <laughs> uh, so it's youth theologian. And uh, if you send a, an email, through the youth pastor theologian page, the contact page there, uh, that goes directly to me. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy to to talk with, uh, answer any questions. If anyone wants to send in submissions or for articles or anything, uh, happy there too. Uh, we also have a, a youth pastor theologian podcast, and um, I also co-host a another podcast called Thanos to Theos, uh, talking about comics and theology and youth ministry uh, and so uh that's on the mostly the, the mcu and and okay. theology and some episodes are more theos oriented about <laughs> theology and youth ministry some are more thanos related talking about the mcu and uh but that's a it is a youth ministry so uh, it, it, i think uh yeah that very much captures my heart of blending youth ministry uh just real culture pop culture stuff uh, and how do we minister to students? So you can find me there too. Well, I was unaware of that one. It's a fun one. It's uh, really fun. I, I am going to check this out. And we, had I known your love for comics, we could have taken this a whole different, well, you'll have to come back on. I'll have to come back. Comics, and, uh, comics and theology and youth ministry are, if you, if you know those three things, then you know, Mike McGarry. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, Mike, thank you for being on with us today. Again, Youth Pastor Theologian, check out the website, connect with Mike there, as well as his book, Lead Them to Jesus, a handbook for youth workers. If you're looking for something to uh, start off the school year, this next recruitment and training cycle well, then you can check out that book. Producer Nathan and I will be right back after this brief message. And we're back. Nathan, fire away. What are you walking away with today? I felt a little convicted there. And then uh, because I was guilty too, first off, I think like you, I learned 
learned from it, but I was guilty too of like, oh man, I just sat through this three hour seminary class. That was amazing. How can I shove three hours of seminary level teaching into this 30 minute youth lesson tomorrow night <laughs> at church? <laughs> and that was not always the best practice, but I really liked how Mike said, you know, to be able to, to put it on their level. And that's something I think over time that we can to, to think about how can we make something complex, simple so that they can understand it. They can get it. I don't think it's they have to know all of the words that we might use to describe it. Right. Uh, but how can they understand those concepts of theology? How do you teach it as you just go through as you work through the Bible whenever that stuff comes up like he was talking about? I thought that was really good of, you know, filling each person's cup up to the level. Don't just keep dumping water until, you know, the, the cup is overflowing. I think it's God's yeah. job to make the cup overflow kind of a deal. Um, and it's our job just to help point them in that direction. So I really liked how he put that in that analogy. Man, I did too. That stuck with me in a couple of ways. One, it's just a helpful tool that God is in charge of growing the cup mm-hmm. and we fill the cup where it's at. And as long as we're faithful to fill the cup where it's at, God will increase the volume of the cup. Yeah. I thought that was really, really helpful. A good picture to see. The other way that it stuck with me is it really makes the case for small group ministry Mm -hmm. that, yes, you can plan a message and you can have different moments in the message that are going to hit different size cups or different maturity levels of teenagers. We all we all know and realize that. But a leader who is armed with this analogy And to get to know those students and their maturity level for the purpose of specifically tailoring the message to each person in their group is a powerful, powerful Mm -hmm. environment for spiritual growth. Yeah. And uh, as a person who believes in small group ministry and that that is like the engine of of ministry, that really stood out to me as a primary way to fill, to make sure that each student is being filled at their current maturity level. Yeah. And I think that also challenges sometimes the mindset that we can have of, oh, I'm the one who is in seminary or I'm the one who knows it the best. So therefore I'm the only one that can teach the theology. And so then we, we, instead of, then we may sacrifice small groups for more teaching time, thinking that's going to be the benefit when really they just need time to help discuss grow in those small groups. And it also, I think helps us formulate how to put those put that theology maybe in simpler terms like Michael's talking about to give to our leaders to help them talk through it and that's also I think a good piece of discipling leaders as well helping teach them theology because if you've got to teach something you typically you know try to learn it maybe a little bit better than yeah than just if someone was saying it to you so yeah that's right well I hope you enjoyed this episode with Mike as much as we did Again, want to thank Mike for being a part of this episode. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next time, everybody.